0: Listen up, it's the Speakeasy with Annie Madden and Carla Trelaw. Conversations in the margins, a comfortable space for uncomfortable topics.
1: So, welcome Dr. Cassandra Goldie, CEO of ACOS, longtime campaigner for equity and social justice. Mm. And ACOS is the national peak body for the community sector.
2: Yeah, thank you. It's great to be with mm. both of you. Um, and um, these days, we're We formally partner with UNSW on quite a lot of things, including some of the work that we've just been doing on the research into poverty in Australia, so um, it's a great chance for us to talk Mm. through some of that. I mean, I think we're a very wealthy country. Uh, People want to understand what's going on, I think, Mm. and Mm. uh, of course, that's why we love working with a public institution like a university, because... Knowing the facts really matter to us as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and part of the reason for inviting you on is um, you know, to kind of break down some silos and share the expertise. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, that a lot of the stuff we talk about is about Um, Drugs and harm reduction and hepatitis C and issues of poverty and equality wrap over there. And we'll we'll get to that, but they're hardly ever spoken about in Mm -hmm. sort of direct terms. Mm -hmm. So it'd be nice to learn some language and some key background stuff that we can all bring in to sort of raise our own performance when we're trying to explain complex stuff.
2: Yeah, and look, that's one of the great... um, chances that we've had with fo- forming this partnership with you, the university mm. because it's a chance for us to work across a lot of those different yeah. faculties mm. that have this deep expertise in particular yeah. areas but mm. we're human beings mm. so stuff happens to us as people yeah. and so Not I, in silos? That's right <laughs> <laughs> you know? And how many times we met somebody who said gee I never thought it happened to me or I never yeah. thought it happened in my family and here we are yeah. so yeah. there is a great thirst for people to hear them mm. their own experiences reflected in the public debates and there are these areas where it's kind of no go zone Mm. we do not talk about that stuff Mm. it is really hard to talk publicly about it because of stigma or the shaming that goes on it only
0: ever makes it worse doesn't it it sure so maybe to get started on that because you know um we are sort of uh we haven't spoken to acos before or yourself and you know just uh For our listeners, I guess, maybe get you to start by just telling us a little bit more about ACOS itself and and also how you came to be in your role there because, you know, that might be an interesting story, I suspect.
2: Well, ACOS as a national civil society or non-government organisation has been around for a long time in the 50s, um, one of the early activist developments where oh, yeah, um, yeah. community people came together and formed these this group to be able to ha- be a collective voice yeah. on some of the social justice, social policy issues of the yeah. time. Okay. Since then ACOS has grown with a very broad membership. We've yeah. got some of the very large charities, yeah. a number of which are partners in the research with yeah. us here at the university okay. and then we have a lot of grassroots organisations yeah. like Community legal centres, their national body is our member as well, right through to, in some ways most importantly, groups like people with disability, Mm. uh, national council of single mums and their children. Mm. So people based organisations, very broad. I was
0: sort of thinking it might just be sort of like the state and territory based. Councils of social services And of, service. course of course those are, our are members as yeah, well. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so right. so okay. that's our great our, our strength, that we yeah. bring those different perspectives mm. to the work that we do. And of course, in the end, we want our voice to represent what's the best thinking of the changes we need to make. And yes, we advocate. So a lot of it is about government yeah. action, but not all yeah. of it. You know, for me, my background was uh, as a lawyer, mm. dropped out of corporate law <laughs> some time ago, <laughs> found my way into legal and community legal centres. I worked up in the Northern Territory for quite a while and, you know, there I really learned what it was like to face pretty tough government, you know, some pretty nasty stuff happens up in the north and um, that you weren't going to win it all by being just a lawyer. You had to be an activist really. And then, look, uh, you know, with a human rights background, when this job came up I really saw the opportunity to help to be a part of tackling some of the structural drivers of disadvantage, you Mm. know, to get a little bit more in that jargon upstream, so economic policy, the federal budget, that's where a lot of it all begins, the choices we make about where we're going to invest and do things. They are choices.
0: They They really are choices, (laughs) absolutely.
2: We can talk more about that. Rather than, um, you know, previously as a lawyer, often you're working at the end of the road, as yeah. you know, right? Yeah, right? in the criminal justice system, in the family law system mm-hmm. where things have gone badly wrong. So that was the interest for me, the enthusiasm for me and here I am. Mm. I work with a great team of people and with um, people from all walks of life and yeah. really, really enjoy it, it although recognising that um, obviously this has been a decade. We talked about that today, didn't we, Carla, mm-hmm. the decade of where We've had a, you know, um, a significant kind of lack of action yeah, on some way, of the big social justice, so social things. policy issues yeah. that this country faces. Do
0: you have sort of any thoughts just on that about why that, you know, why are we in this space? Mm. Do you think? Do you mm. have any reflections on that?
2: Well, look, there's probably a few uh, layers to it, but mm. can, let's remember we had a, a massive global financial crisis. Yeah. Mm. It you see, remember there you was... A, th- yeah, now, it, it is. You know? um, yeah. And, and um, the tale of that has been long mm. and nasty and grim. Like in America where we had an election of a sort of an optimistic president in Obama, we had a, an election of Kevin Ryder, who, were, you know, certainly the message was about the optimism and the, what things we can do, yeah. ending homelessness, yeah. and then was hit with... What was really a major global shock to, to the economies of the world, and billions and billions were spent in order to just keep us afloat mm. as a country. And basically, what's happened since then, in our view, and the analysis shows it, is that who's paid the price? Well, it's been lower income women, yeah. it's been children, um, it's been people who are perceived as least powerful, mm. and yet we've still managed to deliver a lot of tax cuts and tax breaks for people on higher incomes. And so yeah. these are about yeah. the choices we've made yeah. since yeah. the GFC that yeah. have led us to not getting the progress we should be.
1: Yeah, and, and part of the, um, the talk about today is that we we released this report today that ACOS and UNSW through the Social Policy Research Centre have done about poverty in Australia. So yeah. I've practised all my statistics <laughs> on that report, even though the, by the time we come to release this, the report will be a couple of weeks old. We'll put a link to it. But, yeah. you know, the the flat rates of people living in poverty over the last decade, the poor performance of Australia internationally yeah. compared to other wealthy nations, yeah. it is yeah. very
0: grim. And the high rate of child poverty, that's yeah, what that stood me. out to me in the media I heard today from yeah. both of you, was not just the kind of top-line number mm. of yeah. 3 million mm. or whatever is yeah. living in poverty, but it was that One in nearly six percent or something? Yeah, nearly, under yeah. 15, something yep. like that. I just, that
2: was shocking. Yeah. Again, that didn't yeah. just happen by default. I mean, in Australia, relative to some other countries historically, we've not had the the ravages of inequality that some other places mm. have had. But during the Howard and then the Labor government era, we had a number of policies which changed the adequacy of social security payments yeah, right. for low-income families. Um, and then uh, GFC, mm. we had even more cuts made. So you might remember the outrage at the time when um, the federal government moved a whole lot of single parents off the pa- what's right. the higher parenting payment mm. down onto Newstart, which yep. is about $160 plus per week. Less once their youngest child turns eight. Now, you know, over and over, mostly the women who are, have the children in their care will say how horrible that birthday is.
1: Yeah, right. Can yeah. You Eighth imagine birthday. That's that's yeah. you wake up a for
2: a se- birthday celebration. Your little one, you know, yeah. the last one becoming a big boy or girl, and the celebration is actually that you're you're broke. And then also family payments, which is that other core payment that um, has been really important. I mean, that was the child poverty measure that... Bob Hawke's government mm. really yes. did right, yeah. designed it well, very well targeted to protect against child poverty in Australia. That's what they did back then, yeah. which reduced child poverty by about 30%. Wow. Um, and John Howard, when he got elected, um, he really understood that actually. It was kind of, yeah. you know, there are other things he didn't yeah. he didn't get. Yeah. But he kept the adequacy of family payments and then the GFC and oh. then yeah. the Labor government froze family payments, mm. and then we've had cuts and then we've had more cuts. I mean, I could go on. Yeah. Just about every federal budget since has had cuts to Social Security. Yeah. The end result is that we have children living in households where there is literally not enough money to feed Everybody three times a day. Many of our members do this research. They continue to highlight it. We will continue to do it, won't we? Yes, I mean, I, depressingly you know, w- so. W- well, you re- released another report. Why mm. are you doing that? I, and I'm saying because what? It's our it's obligation. Worse, it's right? our mm. <laughs> obligation. I mean, it's it's, a, it's I think, hopefully, this is another opportunity for people to talk more openly about yeah. that reality.
0: I was mm. actually going to ask you about that. You know, mm. just how this plays out mm. in the in the public. You know, because. It seems that at least, and perhaps I'm wrong about this, but it seems at least maybe some of the politicians in the government think that you know no one's going to particularly care whether who cares about you know the people yeah. without a voice or the you know single mothers yeah. or whatever aren't we always going to have poor people what's mm. the what's the point why, yeah. why do we worry it's their fault anyways mm. well, we
1: got a question st- about that today yeah. Yeah. haven't they just made poor choices yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. i mean simplistic. Mm. Yeah, you
0: know, the and extreme, there is some
2: research that shows that that attitude i mean it does vary actually interesting it does seem to follow um which political party you vote for actually is that you know if you you're more on the conservative side of politics in the way you vote. There is a higher propensity to believe that it's just a bad choice. Now, what we th- we think is that, you know, there's a bit of a variation there about wealth amongst, you know, who you vote for. And so the further you are away from the direct experience yes, of somebody right. else who's been through so life and events, so life you lose that, yeah. touch with what actually that – how that happens. Yeah. And so – I've noticed certainly um, that um, whilst we've not had the government action yet that we should have, we have had a greater preparedness for people to speak up and be more visible about this reality. I remember that Jackie Lambie in the last mm. parliament. you remember when she stood up yeah. and she she let fly and mm. said, this is what it was like for me, and mm. she talked about having the esky under the house because her fridge broke and she couldn't yeah. afford to replace it and she had that esky for 3 weeks mm, yeah. and nobody knew yeah. mm, that that's what yeah. she was actually going on with yeah and so we're really encouraging people as hard as it is, to mm. talk more openly about this experience yeah. Mm. Yeah. and also through uh, our work on uh, the campaign to get the increase to in Start, we've yeah. been supporting and backing a lot of people who are on New Start to, to speak up yeah. for yourself. Cause it's yeah. it, so hard, isn't it? Cause Cause it's really so hard.
0: hard. You know, you've... You feel a sense of shame about that because of the way you're made yeah. to feel about those yeah. things and it's it's hard. Isn't yeah it? I, mean,
1: I, I was at the ACOS conference last November, really good event for anyone who's mm. interested in going in 2020 and I was really struck by the person from the Roundtree um, Foundation or the Roundtree Trust in yeah. the UK yeah. and they did this whole piece of work where they examined the language that they were using right. to frame up conversations okay. um, for the media about yeah. poverty and inequality and they, they changed their language, and they noticed a shift in the way nice. things were being reported. Away from people making bad choices yeah. to people are trapped in poverty, yeah. and and yeah. you know,
0: thereby yeah. unpacking that for mm. journalists yeah. and others a bit to sort of
2: yeah, it's a bit because um, I think part of the um, shift in language that certainly in the way we discuss this issue is to avoid this notion that there is an us and them, that there are the three three million people yeah. over there yeah. who are yeah. the peeps in poverty and then yeah. there's everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. because the reality is that depending on which point in your <laughs> lifetime, mm. roughly mm. about 70% of us will at mm. some point be relying, for mm. example, on Social Security for your primary source of income, yeah. whether it's because somebody got sick, you got cancer, yeah. you mm. lost your job, yeah. you became a carer, One of those events um, will happen to about seventy percent of us. So it's very important for us Mm -hmm. to, I think, stop talking about it as if it's um, about helping the disadvantaged, this fixed group, and understand when we are talking about these changes that they are shared protections for all all of us, Mm. the majority of us. Yeah, that peace of mind that if it happened to you, your back could be covered. Like Many of the up. economists are scratching their head, don't understand why we're not getting wages growth. We've started to get some um, understanding that part of that dynamic, we believe, yeah. is because people know how ugly it is now if you fall out of paid uh, work, mm, right? Yeah. So if you think the only place I've got to go is down onto Newstart yeah. to lose my housing because you're renting and you don't pay your rent, you're out, out yeah. and you will keep your mouth quiet. Yeah, mm. You'll put up with a lot okay. to avoid losing your job yeah. and so yeah. the gap between the social security payment and yeah. the minimum wage has conti- has grown a lot yeah. over that last decade or so mm. and some of the economists are starting to go, oh yeah, yeah I hadn't thought right. about that bit. Mm.
0: It's just but so interesting, isn't it? It makes it's so sense, many right? many social issues and so it's just that complex picture that needs to be... You know we need to encourage discussion on these yeah. things that people can yeah put the you know not just those simplistic kind of
2: i understand why you would say it's complex at one level mm. but at another level it's not really you mm. think about we're basically talking we're just saying everybody needs to have enough money sure. to be able to pay for the basics yeah. and have peace yeah. and of and mind you can do it, it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. the other thing you need is a place to live. Yeah.
0: Mm.
2: I mean, that goes yeah. a long way, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. And that's There's really mostly what all we've all talked about this, today, yeah, Carla, yeah, haven't yeah, we? Yeah. About the yeah. income yeah.
0: The um, that you costs. need
2: and then making yeah. sure you've got yeah. housing. Mm. Of course, there are other things mm. like social stigma and mm. community. I mean, you mm. hear a lot about loneliness and yeah. mm. what's going on there. Mm. So there are those aspects mm. to it. But I always go, let's let's get if the we basics. That would be a great role for government whilst community, you know, we work out where we're going to be as a society as well.
1: A number of the communities that we work with, um, people who use drugs, people who have been in prison, mm. often for a result of, as a result of drug use, people in drug treatment, people with stigmatised conditions. Mm. Issues of and inequality rarely get a mention because mm. we're often working with health agencies yeah, and true. health pretends to be kind of... The
2: great leveller, we're all yes. the same, aren't yes. we? Yes, I was That's trying
1: right. to get my yeah. words and I haven't got yeah. my words. But, you know, like kind of yeah. in, inequality blind or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Like We, we treat yeah. everyone who yeah. comes through the door <laughs> the same way. Yeah, mm. You know, what would happen, do you think, if we made those um, issues of poverty and inequality more visible, more able to be spoken about in health or in, in the care of the communities we've been talking about?
2: Mm. Well, everybody in the health area typically has heard of the term the social determinants of yeah. health. Mm-hmm. I have found that if you push a little further, often people are not quite sure what exactly. they really <laughs> mean. Am I right? Yeah, sure. So the social determinants of health yeah. are about income, yeah. uh, housing, power, agency mm-hmm. and the World Health Organisation, of course, clocked that a long time ago Yes, that's true. Um, and that's been played out very much in terms of health outcomes in Australia now and in fact... Mm-hmm. We're now doing that work, aren't we, as part of this research partnership with UNSW to bring to the surface how the inequalities in health outcomes Mm. are driven often by the inequality in incomes and wealth. So, you know, for example, uh, we do know that you're twice as likely to have a chronic illness if you're on a very low income in in contrast to people on higher incomes. You know, suicide, which again is one of those uh, Mm. where we're we're increasingly talking about Mm. mental health. There is a lot of action on mental health. I've been struck, though, again, like the issue of drug use, Mm. um, how very rarely it gets understood that actually you're um, 70% more likely to Mm. commit suicide if you are on low income. Why would that be? Well, the chronic stress associated with... Uh, not being able to meet basic needs, the stigma associated with it, the sense of hopelessness, that all feeds in. Mm. And so these connections between what are the drivers Mm. of, um, you know, drug use, which becomes a chronic health problem, Mm. um, it again makes sense, doesn't it? That that is actually, these are, one is interrelated with Mm. the other. Mm. Of course, I want to be very, you know, careful here because often people like to go, well, these are the same Groups, mm. you know, that people on social security are ah, well—they're all on the beach. Mm. Yeah. Using a lot of <laughs> drugs. <laughs> right. Well, actually, uh, the face sure. of people on Social Security, uh, the majority of people are over 45, yeah. particularly older women yeah. who have lost yeah. their job and oh, haven't yeah. got housing behind them. So just to, yeah. You, yeah. Know, you know, let's work with the facts. I think that's why these
0: reports are so important, as yeah. you're saying, that's just to get the facts and the evidence there to sort yeah. of, yeah. you know, break some of those stereotypes yes. down. And know?
1: One of the things well, we spoke about today, you know, we, this result, These results show over 3.2 million people living in, in poverty in Australia. That cannot just be one story. Yeah. It, it has to represent yeah. a whole Cost range of different yeah. people mm-hmm. and experiences mm-hmm. and situations and all the combinations of social determinants and individual mm. determinants, family support, regional, mm. metro, all mm-hmm. those things. Yeah thrown in together and to complicate that picture, stop relying mm. on stereotypes and get mm. better information about how to deal with it, I think is yeah. the goal of this mm. whole initiative. I think,
2: uh, I think where there's a really strong theme, though, is that for a whole range of reasons, when you talk about, for example, the issues of criminalisation or recidivism, issues of um, drug uh, you know, and alcohol use you can often get the same kind of reactive Mm. politics and policy Mm. as you can get in responding to issues of poverty. That's right. Because there is this kind of level of comfort in going, well, blame them Mm. for their own circumstance. It's an othering. Yeah, Yeah. right. People Um, feel fairly
0: confident that they will get agreement from others on that. And so
2: we um, are now facing a government that wants to, for example, do mandatory drug testing of people on Social Security. Well... Mm -hmm. Thank you to the health community mm. the experts from the health community mm. in that area that have been in you know that well-worn path to camera <laughs> giving evidence being yeah. very clear yeah. that what actually works is not that yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. that we've already got um, what is it about a hundred thousand people around Australia waiting to get into right. rehabilitation yep. Yep. people yep. who want to deal with their yep. drug use yep. without needing to mandatory re- <laughs> You know, try and find a needle in a haystack, yeah, um, and stigmatise everybody on
1: social security with yeah. this notion that um, you know they everybody's using there. drugs and and spending yeah. our
0: our money unwisely. But it's mm. also that thing of scapegoating the easy scapegoats for you know when there's some work to be done in a social policy sense or whatever. So you know, in terms of some of these things, like let's say housing, for example, you know, if I was saying you know what are some of the you know couple, you know three things that we could do improve that situation in australia right now what what would your response to that
2: well be? number one you would increase commonwealth rent assistance which is the key social security payment to subsidize you if you're on a low income yep. in the private rental market it hasn't been increased in real terms for 25 years mm-hmm. like new seventy dollars a week i mm. mean how far does that get you That's the maximum rate of commonwealth rent assistance yeah. now The second thing is we need a big package of investment in low-cost housing. So social or public housing, it's often referred Mm to, um, where um, over that last 25-year period, that kind of low-cost housing has has shrunk as a proportion of the overall housing system. Now, if you are... Leaving care, if you're a foster, you know, young person leaving leaving the care system, if you're um, somebody trying to escape a violent relationship, if you are an older woman who lost her job and then faced an eviction, uh, where do you go? Mm -hmm. Actually, we estimate there's about four hundred thousand gap in low cost housing in Australia um and you heard you know wait less of a decade or so so this is the, mm. these are the two main things we yeah. would do
0: and are there other countries doing that mm. those sort of things well that yeah
2: there Australia are to, and and, and and the third area yeah. is you would change the um the way in which we use housing as an investment a property ah, investment yeah, right. okay mm-hmm. so mm. One of the big things that's happened in Australia is a lot of tax breaks. The so-called mum and dad investor. Uh, can I just highlight? Actually, it's not really all mums and dads. There's a lot of property speculation that goes on. People in and out of the, you know, buying and selling, chasing a capital gain on a rental properties, which of course is shocking for people who are the renters because mm. you're facing yeah. eviction
1: potentially,
2: and we don't have the big institutional investors, so like the super funds, um, that are not in it for the short-term capital oh. gain
0: right. but are in yeah,
2: it for the long yeah. yield of long-term rent, rents. Yeah that's the big thing that you would change. So, yeah. So um, that's about the tax system, stamp duty, land tax, incentives, disincentives, um, negative gearing, yep. uh, yep. Um, All of those tax arrangements drive a certain kind of investment in property in Australia and in other countries, we've got a very different approach to it. As I say, it's not yeah. about chasing the, yeah. you know, making housing get more expensive because yeah. that's how you get a capital growth, right? Capital yeah. yield.
1: Yeah. It's about uh, long-term, um, mm. you
2: know, yield on, on yeah,
1: rents. that's interesting. Yeah, who would thought... Talking about land tax, et cetera, is interesting. But <laughs> this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. I want to talk about superannuation as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is because, you know, it's just one of those issues that just is getting worse mm-hmm. and worse and, you know, we're all aware of it and it's just, you know, mm. be really nice to see some action on that issue that is going to take us some, to somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah,
2: action. And I understand why it's kind of hard to get the right action on the on the housing problem. Yeah. because, OK, I, I called you on saying complex before, yeah. <laughs> but actually what we do to reduce the cost of housing in Australia is, qu- is a, quite a complicated story because we've got federal government role, state and territory government yeah, role, sure. local government. Um, so it's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. But um, earlier on this week, I was uh, the New South Wales government is um, again having a look at its uh, tax system Mm. And has has actually said it is open to looking at stamp duty right. and a broader based land tax, mm. like the ACT yeah, has well, done. Yeah, I was to say other yep. jurisdictions. Have they done have. This already, huh? That's a, one mm. of those so called structural changes yeah, that if right. we could do it, we would all be better off for it. So, uh, you know, yes, they're not easy. Tax changes are hard to do. Yeah, there's <laughs> been a few. You know, g- elections won and lost mm, on that. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, but it really matters. Um and so it's it is, I want to encourage people to get involved in tax policy a bit more. Particularly the chicks. Particularly the chicks.
1: Like how you whispered that to
0: us involved
1: in tax policy. It's
2: where all the big answers lie, I can tell
1: you. Yeah. So let's let's talk about drugs. Well, maybe I'll get caught on using this word or two. The the complexity of talking about poverty inequality mm. and uh, for people who use drugs for some of them that is very much part of their life but we also understand the the risk in bringing those things too closely together mm. because yeah. of the the taint of um, and the stigma associated with drug use that could infect mm-hmm. conversations about poverty and inequality mm-hmm. so you know how, mm-hmm. how do we walk those lines mm-hmm. when we when you know we, we don't um, ascribe to those views I just outlined but We really need to be able to speak about them in a sensible, grown-up way. How does ACoS deal with this stuff?
2: We talk about it as a health issue and if you understand that there are social determinants of health, it won't surprise you Mm -hmm. that being in a chronic stress situation of financial deprivation or of, you know, being in a really traumatised family environment where you are not connected to family and therefore very isolated and often then, again, you know, in financial distress, one of the responses may be this kind of use of drugs. Mm -hmm. We might acknowledge that depending on the kind of drug use that we're talking about, you would know this more than myself. I don't hold myself out as an expert in the health Mm. area on this one, that there may be a connection. But the solution to it Mm. is about a health-informed response. Mm. And from everything that we've looked at um, through the lens of um, social security, of housing, is that it's those stabilisers that actually can be game-changers in supporting somebody to start to lead a healthier life. Mm. So rather than punishing people, mm. you actually are often much more likely to support somebody through recovery mm. if you stabilise income, if you stabilise housing. Yeah. Um, now, that might need to be through a rehabilitation approach, yep. but, of course we could invest a bit more on that front, yeah. front couldn't I we? Is that right? I think
0: that's one of the really big issues with this too is you know just some recent work that I've been involved in around drug treatment and just know the extent to which services are so underfunded yeah. and so under resourced you know that even if a drug treatment service wants to provide those holistic kind of approaches to helping people sort of piece you know life together and look at finances and look at housing as well as you know what's happening with their drug use and their health there's often just not the resources to do that so you know that the services become very narrowly focused on clinical issues and health care mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the person is largely left to their own devices yeah. to figure out the rest you know and it's just you know our system. You know we started talking about so, you know the yeah. silos and stuff, yeah. and it's such an unsatisfactory way to deal with some of these issues that are so joined up. And of course, yeah. the
2: inequity in the access to treatment responses. Right. Mm. So if you exactly. are from a wealthier background, yep. if you, you have access to private health insurance, <laughs> yeah. you can very discreetly <laughs> yes. access the best exactly. of care, exactly. including the best of rehabilitation and, and legal representation. Exactly. Okay. Mm. So
1: all right. of that. And saving yeah. yourself from all those harms. Yeah. Mm. Uh,
2: Early intervention, all of those, um, you know, you're not stuck with the limits on, for example, mental health, because often, not always, mm. as you know, but there can be, you know, that need for also uh, mental health support, exactly. um, but the rude shock mm. that if you are fully reliant on our public health system, given where we've got now with mm. the level of co payments, out-of-pocket expenses, yep. the gaps... Yep. Uh, like being able it's, to find
0: bulk billing GPS. I mean, you
2: know, I think it's a very, it's very cruel actually that in some respects we have to wait for somebody to get to a crisis point before, mm-hmm. actually, the mm-hmm. public health system is allowed to, ki- to yeah. kick into full gear, and then, the moment you're slightly better, yep. they're you're out of right, picture, your <laughs> and you're <laughs> back right. on your own. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah mm-hmm. without those um, situational
0: structural things really having mm-hmm. changed, and. Yeah. 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 And there's even people, for example, linking up all these issues. There's people who choose not to go into treatment even if they can get a place because it means they might have to give up their public housing yeah. for example, yeah. which they yeah. know they won't get be able to get again, you know, all of these things they just mm. kind of constantly play yeah. out together. Yeah. They do
2: and of course um, as would be no surprise yes we've got uh, changes that we could make with the resources in our health mm. and pu- you know primary health and sure. public health systems in this area um, but there's no question that we are under-resourcing Yeah. so in terms of preventative health measures mm. we're meant to be spending about five percent of our health budget on it well we're not and yeah. um, we need another three billion just yeah. to go into prevention yeah of, you know yeah. in the health context and in our federal budget now we've got a health funding program which is kind of frozen below two yeah. two percent in mm. terms of growth well yeah. that's going to get pretty mm. pretty ugly for yeah. even the public chronic health Treasury health response as well, so that's where I want to talk about superannuation.
0: Yeah, because that's come back where
2: to we've the got three trillion yeah. locked up in the wealth of the country, um, and there are very generous tax breaks associated with that. And we're at the right at the moment, pushing for us to get some sensible taxation of the wealth that accumulates in superannuation, right. so that we can properly fund again universal health care mm. so that people don't have to worry that if something like yep. this happens to you we're not having to pay all those big out-of-pocket expenses mm. and you know we are yeah. a really wealthy country and how did we get how did we get here yeah. so yeah. it's for us to keep you know asking each other about that and not yeah. at the moment I kind of feel like we cut the politicians out for a bit mm. because we it's like we as a community need to yeah. get yeah, a new consensus about what okay. we actually want want yeah. are we just happy to talk about tax cuts all the time, which is kind of where the government's yeah, policy has yeah. been, or do we really care about some of these other issues? Mm, yeah. um, I still like to think we do. Mm. Yeah. you know it's it's one of those areas where the more we keep this in a sort of a secret box, you know, marginalised in the debates, the less we you know, sort of allow the community to get involved in the yeah. understanding. That's
0: what be- yeah. I was just really thinking about that, yeah. you know, that literacy issue, mm-hmm. really, for mm-hmm. want of a better word. Mm. But you know, to understand what the the potential is of the the superannuation savings or whatever, you know, just to really understand that yeah. and then be able to activate that through their vote or whatever, mm. you know. But it's getting the community on board in the first place, and then. Where that goes through the political process, yeah, I guess. and
2: yeah. and you know the advocacy of of parents of families mm, mm. to be more visible, you know, to mm. we. I mean, I think it's been really interesting to see what's happened with the you know pill testing. Mm. Right? You yeah. know, this that's different. Yeah. yeah, parents are you know excited yeah. yeah. to go. Hang on a minute, yeah. actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm involved here too. And yeah, yeah. it's not. The current status quo is not what I want. That's right. Mm. That's right. You know,
2: I don't want to live in a fantasy. I live in the real world, Mm. and I've seen too many of my, you know, friends and family go through bad stuff Mm. with this. This, for the
0: moment, the politicians aren't listening. But yeah, but I guess as you say, you keep chipping away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we're, we're almost at time. You know, we've had a far range of conversation. Not all of it really upbeat. Where do we go? For mm. the future of addressing poverty and in- inequality in our fair land. Yeah, look, I, I, um, I'm on the
2: upbeat side. Mm. So, so I, I, I've been watching, of course, as you know, part of the job, what's going on in in the politics mm. and, um, some of the r- really great leadership that we've been seeing with some of the independents in the yeah. parliament, okay. watching the people like Zali Stegel Helen Haynes. Mm. Who are you know have these um, seats in the lower house of leading some of the. Uh, Debates around and Jackie Lambie as well, um, Rebecca Sharkey on the integrity, Mm. you know, commission in government on climate change, you know, introducing the bill. Can I say all of them? (laughs) Well, I was (laughs) waiting for you to point that out. Andrew Wilkie's in there, of course. There are, you know, but but there is something in that, you know, and um, and when globally when we look at where some of the best of the political leadership is coming from, in my view, it's younger women, right? New Zealand, Finland, you know, we've got some really fascinating stuff going on there. So I see the different options that are being presented politically. I do think in the end women's leadership will be a really key part of this. I think diverse leadership is going to be really important and we're seeing that groundswell and, of course, the leadership of young people—that is happening, whether the yep. you know we like it or not—and <laughs> um, I you know, get, but you see that on campus, we see that globally, yeah. and I'm certainly exactly. seeing that in Australia, yep. and um, and you know the others are being called to account. Yeah. So I'm really very nice, hopeful in that I think way.
0: A nice fresh focus on diversity and definitely. That, that, that really fills my heart with joy when I listen to young people who are, you know, active and advocates and politically active and such that, you know, there is a real focus on sort of the importance of a diversity and voice and, you know, bringing people, to, you know, along and I think that's a really nice shift in yeah. um, in the public conversation about things rather than the us and them and...
2: We have to stay vigilant with yeah. it. I think we all have to use our voice. That's, yeah. that's part yeah. of it, right? Yeah. But... Um, I think the mocking of the quiet Australian phrase that our current Prime Minister has put out there I think has been really telling, Mm. you know, is that really what we want to be, all quiet and say nothing? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's about democracy. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's about community. Um, And um, I can... And say that during those bushfires, it's been one of oh, the yes. moments where you go, "This is mm. what a, this is what community is capable yeah. of doing." Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. When the crisis hits, yeah. that's when everybody steps up, and the real leaders come through. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. what I see yeah. as the the yeah. hope. And yeah. I've been in a lot of discussions where we hear, "Oh, you know, we just need to go back to lording <laughs> the sort of those leaders of the past. You know, the glory days." Mm yeah um and I go mm, I don't know about that I think yeah. I think we need a contemporary form of leadership and that yeah. is much more collaborative it is much yeah. more diverse yeah there are many more women yeah. involved yeah, it in is. it and um, we, we're not seeing that at the moment in yeah. the Australian Parliament yeah. in the government mm. obviously it's a very particular profile of that government yeah. but I um, I certainly encourage the pe- the uh, those of diverse backgrounds in that political yeah. party to yeah. you know uh, get in there yeah. um, because we do need a much more diverse leadership yeah. and we're seeing that in, um, you know, kind of at the community level yeah. Um, and, as I say, in some of those independents mm. and others. So it's quite an interesting time for yeah.
1: us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was a ride. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we ended on a positive note. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, we need to stay positive about these things and be optimistic about, you know, the positive things we can see and the seeds being planted. It's just... Um, we got to yeah work harder. Mm. Yeah, and it's like where
2: people want to be. People mm-hmm. people don't want to be frightened. They don't no. want to be anxious. Yeah. They want to be yep. doing good stuff. Yeah, that's yep. you know, you, and you see mm. when little kids. That's, mm. that's 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 the the natural instinct. Mm. Um, yeah. And you know, and then, and I think seeing we're seeing quite a lot of that, yeah. as I say. But but uh, it, it's a question of the kind of um, the extent to which all yeah. of us, I think, use the knowledge base to you know insist on us having an informed discussion. Yeah. That bit I don't have an I don't think anybody has an easy answer on the role of the sort of social media where you mm-hmm. can't trust the knowledge yeah. that's on those yeah. platforms. Yeah. yeah, but I think and I'm watching the little ones around me, I think mm. they're getting that. Mm. You yeah. don't really you. trust what yeah. you're seeing. Yeah. You know, so we'll, yeah. I, I think people are smart and work that bit out eventually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks Thank so you. much for, for taking us through all that. I think it's just so good to branch out, think bigger yeah. and differently yeah. and yeah. use the tools mm. uh, in, in our own work and raise a level of conversation in, in all aspects. Yeah. yeah. So. Thank, Thank
2: you, you, you very much. much.
0: Lovely to have you here. Great to
2: be part of it.
0: For more information about this podcast, our guests, and upcoming episodes, head to http://csrh.arts.unsw.edu.au.